Well, we, uh, we started talking about redemption, redemption through Christ last week, you know, during this time, what, what that means and, and what Jesus has done. You know, we, we talk about Christmas and uh, during this time of the year, and, and uh, Christ came for a purpose. He came for uh, the purpose of redemption, for redeeming mankind, and talk a little bit about what, what that is, and we're going to continue on that this morning. Let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we, should, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. They're talking about everything that we are blessed with in Christ, how it's in him, through him, and through what he did. Now look at verse 7. It says, in Him, so in Christ, we have redemption through His blood. So Jesus came to the earth, and we'll touch on this some more. He came to the earth, He's, he's God, He came as a man. And when He came, that started, it, it didn't start historically, God had this plan throughout the ages, but when He entered the earth, the reality and the potential for mankind to be redeemed was that, that plan of action was, was put into place um, on the ground, I mean, on the earth. The, the person, the Redeemer, had entered the earth. And so that's why it's so, I mean, we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas. We don't you know, know that this is the particular time of the year. It's, it's um, talking or, or celebrating what he did at this time. But here it says, in him we have redemption through his blood. So he... He, became, he came on the earth, but eventually he would have to die, be buried, and be resurrected for the re- redemption to be complete. But he entered the earth. What we're celebrating now is that he entered the earth, and that potential was there. We said redemption, if you just look it up in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, redemption means there's a lo- number of definitions all that I'm reading apply to what we're talking about here. Uh, One definition is to buy back, to repurchase, to get or win back, to free from what distresses or harms, such as to free from captivity by payment of ransom, to extricate from or help to overcome something detrimental, to release from blame or debt, to clear, or to free from the consequences of sin. All these are related. What Jesus did is all these. He bought us back. He repurchased us. He freed us from captivity. He paid a ransom. 
he extricated us from something detrimental. Well, you're under the control of an adversary that's detrimental. To release from blame or debt, he cleared our debt. We couldn't pay it, but he cleared it. And then to free from the consequences of sin, well, all these are related. That really engulfs everything. That's what redemption means. Redemption is not a religious term. Redemption is not, you know, something that's just in church. Redemption is what Jesus did for all of mankind. Let's look at this in a, we read these uh, in a few other translations. You'll see this more clearly then as we we look at the same verse. Look at verse 7. Look at an amplified classic. It says, in him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation. Salvation is uh, being whole in every sense through his blood. In the CEB version, it says, we have been ransomed through his son's blood. We've been ransomed. Well, to buy back. He's, he's paid the ransom for us. In the NLT, it says, he is so rich in kindness and graced, grace that he purchased our freedom. That's what Jesus did. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and gave our, uh, forgave our sins. In the CEV, it says, Christ sacrificed his life's blood to set us free. And finally, in the message, it says, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. So see that you can see this was a legal transaction. This isn't this isn't somebody's philosophy. This isn't a religious term. This isn't something that a bunch of people got together and said, "We really need if we just had this magical figure that we're going to call Jesus and and he did this." This is a legal transaction. In other words, human uh, kind, mankind was literally bound and under the control of Satan. Because Adam bowed, he he was given dominion on the earth and he sold mankind out. He he legally, he didn't have the moral right to do it, but he legally bowed his knee to Satan. And because of that, it'd be like, you know, okay, so let's just let's just bring it to something we could understand. You know, let's let's bring it to something that is uh, much closer in time. We're not saying this happened as an illustration. Let's say your your father, or let's say your grandfather, sold out the family. In other words, put the family under extreme debt, or or signed a contract that it, it obligated the family to. You basically sold them out. Couldn't say you even sold them as slaves. And you know we don't have that and our society today, but that, that was the case. And that definitely was the case when you're talking about Satan. Well, the children would bear the consequences of that. And regardless of what, what they did, they, they're living under this something that happened before they were even born. And then their soul, they, they, they come in, something needs to happen for them to be set free. Well, if somebody were to come and say, I'm going to buy them, I'm going to set them free, I'm going to pay their debt, whatever the case would be, then they're free. They're free from that obligation. That's exactly what happened. That's what Jesus did. That literally, see, it's not a, um, 
It's not about what, what somebody just, like it's a, somebody makes up a, a belief system, philosophies. So all the religions of the world are man's attempt to relate to God. And so it doesn't matter. That, that would be like, again, in our, our illustration. Uh, if, if somebody were literally sold un, out under you know, slavery or under extreme debt, doesn't matter if you went and printed up money that was fake or printed up some, th- some kind of certificate that said, you know, we're no longer under bondage or made it really ornate and did a bunch of motions and said, we don't have, you know, we're free from that debt or we're not, we're not under your control anymore. You, the people could literally make up anything they wanted to, but unless it was a legal payment, it means nothing. Right? I mean, it, you just, well, we're free. No, you're not. Well, we dance around and we, we, it makes us feel good, so we're free. No, you're not. Because there's one way. It, it, the payment is eagle, either been made or it's not. Well, how would you know it's Jesus? Well, <laughs> skipping ahead, he rose from the dead. <laughs> if he didn't, the Bible says we're the greatest fools ever. But if he did, and there's historical fact, people saw it, saw him after he was resurrected. If we don't know that, see, that's why we're, we're celebrating Christmas, but you can't. If Jesus came as, the, as a baby, but didn't die on the cross, didn't, and then didn't, wasn't raised from the dead, it wouldn't have mattered that he came as a baby. So we, we thank God. I mean, we celebrate and we, we look at him and, and show him in a manger. And that's awesome. Except that baby Jesus didn't save us. It's the one that went to the cross and then rose from the dead. And if he was just killed but did not raise from the dead, then there, there is no redemption. So there is either actually a resurrection or there's not. And that's how you would, I mean, that's why that's so important. But, and that's what separates Christianity from all the religions of the world is that Jesus is actually alive. So otherwise, everybody just has their bright, shiny book, leather-bound book like this. Like, well, my belief system's right. And this is rampant right now, right? Well, that's good for you. That's what you believe. I don't believe that. Again, it's either a legal reality or it's not. No matter, you know, we can believe whatever we want to believe. Again, it's the same way with the law in any area. You may be ignorant of the law. You may believe something wrong about the law, but the law is the law. And Jesus is the payment. When we talk about redemption, we read, he's a repurchase. He, he is the literal payment. So that's why it, it's not enough to say, well, there's many ways to God. There aren't many ways to God. There are not. There's one. There's one way to God, and it's Jesus. And His redemption, it, it, the redemption is, is the payment. It is the payment. It's the repurchase. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, um, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. See, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. So 
this illustrates it really clear. He, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. So in other words, mankind is under the power of darkness. His blood delivered us. And then it says in verse 13, he conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we're in darkness. The way the transition from darkness to the kingdom of God is the blood of Jesus. That's the redemption. So we're thanking God when we talk about peace on earth, glory to God, joy to the world. The reason is because the world's redemption just showed up. Just started in baby form. God has, you know, walking what will be consummated in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But that, that entered the world. That's why that, that transition from death to life just showed up. The way. The payment just showed up. Can you imagine? So let's say your family, you know, has had this debt for decades and the payment just showed up. And you're like, you know, may have not, it's not gone to the bank yet, but there, there's a person, they're going to do it. That would create, I mean, that, we're just talking about a few generations, would, would create unspeakable joy. And would they commemorate that from year to year? Do you remember when we used to be? This is what used to be our life, but now, and then so-and-so showed up and they paid it all. <laughs> do you, do you, can you imagine be, just being in bondage? People don't know they're in bondage, but that's the case. It, just being in bondage, not having what you need, being sold and, and not, you know, being in debt immensely, being completely uh, slaves or whatever, and somebody showed up. That, that transition from figurative death in that case to life would be a marked event. And that's what, uh, that's what we celebrate, is what Jesus actually did. Let's look at Matthew uh, 1, verse 18. So you see this in the language. This is when uh, the birth of Jesus, it, uh, the angels um, talking to Joseph about these things. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, uh, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in other words, he, your son is going to be the Savior, is going to be the Redeemer. Look at verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord uh, through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's what Emmanuel literally means. But the virgin shall be with child. So this happened. See, it, it had to happen that way because the Redeemer could not be tainted. It couldn't, he couldn't just come the same way every other person came. He's still under bondage. So he was born by the, of the Holy Spirit of a virgin, supernatural. That's not a side, that's not a footnote. If that didn't happen legally, it's invalid. 
And if you say, well, that's just, you know, that's a story. I can't believe if that were a story, if that's something that didn't happen, the whole process is corrupt. It doesn't legally work. Well, that can't happen. We're dealing with God. The supernatural. It's not hard to believe when you know God himself, God is all powerful. These things, they're not hard. But it's important. So that's when he's talking, the, the angel's talking to Jesus or talking to Joseph saying, your, your son, he's going to be a sa- He's going to be the savior. Look at John uh, 1 verse 1. See, this was the plan of God for ages. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's talking about Jesus. We'll see that. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So verse 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word, see, Jesus didn't come into existence when He showed up as a baby. That's when He was Emmanuel, God with us, incarnate. He was God becoming man. But it says the Word always was. Jesus has always been. He is God. But He came came into earth as a baby to ultimately pay the price for all mankind. Now, we're going to skip back just a couple verses. First John or John 1:10, just a few verses before it said the word became flesh. It says this. It says he was in the world and the world was made through him. So the creator was walking in his creation. Jesus is God walking around as one of his creation. It says he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Verse 12, listen to this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let's go back to the beginning of verse 12. As many as received him, received whom? Jesus. Who's Jesus? The Redeemer. As received the payment. As received the redemption. But as many as received him, to them, he gave the right. Another translation, what that word right means is authority. He gave them the authority. That means that's the legal way granted the authority to become children of God. Notice this again. Let's look at the beginning of verse 12. As many as received him, who? The Redeemer, the payment, the freedom. To them, he gave the right or the authority to become children of God. That's the only way. Do you see that? To as many as received what? The payment. The payment's the only way. That's the the payment. There are not many payments. There's one payment. There's one redemption. There's one way. 
That's the only way. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. Not to those that you would think, they, they make up and say, well, I, I, I'm a child of God, I just believe it. You're not going through the, the payment. There is no payment. There's a payment been made, but you've got to receive the payment. You can't make up your own payment. God doesn't take counterfeit. He didn't take a, you know, some kind of digital copy somehow that you're going to get through the system and fake it out. And it's not God anyway. People are saying, well, it, you know, won't God receive me? I, I've been such a good person. That would be like, go back to our analogy, so you've been sold out. And let, this person is evil that has control over you. They have control over you and your family. And you say, oh, I'm a good person. And the person that has control of you is not the Redeemer. See, people are going to God. God's the one that's redeeming people out of the control of Satan. It's not about how good we are. We're, see, we're, see, people are like, but, but I've done this and say, well, God would, the loving God wouldn't send a good person to hell. It's God is not sending anybody to hell. Adam bowed his knee to Satan. Satan has legal authority over mankind. God sent Jesus to make the payment to buy men back. And it's exactly what we're talking about, or what it, the Bible says here, that as many as receive the payment, he gives the authority to become children of God. When you become a child of God, death, Satan has no power on you. When that death has no power on you, you are free from the devil's hell. It's not about convincing God of anything. God's already convinced. He sent Jesus before any of us were born. It was his idea. Now, people make up their own ways and say, well, but I, I, I want I, I've done all this, so I'm good enough. And they make up gods and they make up ways. The whole time, Satan has control. And it's like, you can make up any way you want. He's laughing. That's why when you make a statement like there are many ways to God, see, that's not politically correct. We can hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, the reason that is attacked is because that is the only legal payment. See, everything else is a fraud. It has no power. Well, you can believe it now you want. That's not going to get you free. See, the one that has control doesn't care about frauds. In fact, he'll promote them because they're worthless. Because they're powerless. They carry no value. What he is threatened with is the actual payment that will set men free, which has been paid. How does it become actual in somebody's life? Verse 12 says, as many as receive him. What does that mean? You believe that the gospel is true, that Jesus was who he said he was, is what the Bible said he is, he is a redeemer, and that if you call on him, he is the ransom, and you are actually accepted by God. First Timothy 2, verse 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. It says there is one God and one mediator. 
verse 5, between God and men. There's one. Everybody say one. one. There's one. One mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. The Redeemer, Christ Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom, a payment to pay for everyone's freedom to be testified in due time. In the NLT, it says he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. In the message, it says Jesus who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin to set them all free. To set them all free. Everyone has been paid for, but the way you make it, a person makes it actual in their life is by receiving, is by saying, I believe that. I receive that. That is, I, by faith, I believe that that is true. It says this in uh, Romans 3.21. Let's look at that passage of, uh, of Scripture. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. See, that's saying, see, there's the, there was a law, you keeping all these laws, righteous living things out. The Bible said we ought to do good works. We ought to live right. But it's because you've been redeemed not to redeem you. Because your works, the Bible says, are like filth. Your righteousness is like filthy rags before God. Your, our righteousness is not the payment. Our righteousness, in other words, our right stand, or our good things we do, we ought to do good things. See, some people teach, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what we do. There are consequences to what we do. But what we do doesn't buy it, is not the same as the redemption. See, that's not the payment. What we do is because there's been a payment, we've received the payment, and we're so thankful for the payment that we are doing everything we can to acknowledge the Redeemer and to point everybody to Him. See, those things don't buy us the redemption. They don't buy us. They're not the way. But yeah, how we live matters. People watch how we live. It matters. Some people say, you know, said they, they may never see a Bible. They may never uh, read the Bible, but they, they see people that are either living the Bible or not. And it speaks. It, it speaks loudly. So there was, there's a standard of behavior. And so this is saying there, the righteousness, if you put up verse 21 again, now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. In other words, there's a righteousness that you had to live perfectly in order to be accepted. Well, nobody lived up to that until the Redeemer. The Christ did live perfectly which is why he could redeem us. See, he was given the same chance that Adam was, Adam was given the chance and failed. Jesus came to do everything that Adam failed to do. And so he was the payment so that everyone could be made right through him. Verse 21 says, Now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, So the righteousness apart from what we do. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. So the right, the the way of living right of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So the righteousness of God is through faith, through belief in Jesus Christ 
to all and on all who what? Believe. That's how you receive the payment. That's how the Redeemer becomes our Redeemer. It says, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means there is no one that can stand on their own two feet and say, no, I don't need a Savior. I don't need a Redeemer. I'm, I'm good. I've used, what I've done is good enough. No. Verse 24, being justified, justified means acquitted. If you were justified in a court of law, that means you're, you're declared not guilty. That means you're cleared. That means you, you owe nothing. That's what this means. Being justified freely, how? By His grace, through what? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being acquitted, go back to the beginning of verse 24, being justified or acquitted, being cleared, one of the definitions we read of redemption, cleared, you're cleared, you're made, you're free, you're set, you've paid the price. Well, he's paid the price, so now we have been justified freely or acquitted freely by his grace through the redemption, the payment, the repurchase, the clearing that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. That is the payment. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. That's the, the payment, the... the um, the thing done in place of, by his blood. And so it's only by what he did, it's done for all, he's the mediator of all, he's the redeemer for all, but it's only when we receive that, that it becomes actuality in our life, and without that, we're still lost. The Bible would say we're still captive, because the payment hasn't been made. So it's in him and in nothing else. Look at a couple more scriptures. First John 5, verse 11. First John 5, verse 11 says, This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. You can see very clearly why that would be. Because if you have the Son, then you have the Redeemer. Then the payment's been made for you. If you don't have the Son, if you say, no, thank you. No, I don't need that. I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. I have a, there's many ways. That's just what I believe. Then the payment hasn't been made. There's no legal payment. It's been paid for everybody, but we haven't stepped forward and said, yeah, I believe. That's how it becomes. That's how we have the son. So if we don't have the son, it says we don't have life. Verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Is it possible to know? People say, oh, you just can't know. Well, we don't know. Well, does the word of God tell us this or not? The word of God tells us, going back to the fact that Jesus put his stamp on it because he rose from the dead. 
And so if that part is false, the whole Bible, it's false. And so we're not playing games. Either we're dealing with truth or we're dealing with fiction. The Bible itself says if it didn't happen, we of all men are the most pitiable. In other words, we're the biggest fools on the planet. But if it did happen, if it's real, so it's either, I mean, it's not, it's not hand-wavy. It, if it, if we can know for certain, if we believe what the Bible said, then you can know. You don't have to say, well, I just don't know if I'm saved. I, I don't know. I'd really like to be. I just don't know. How do you know? You act on what the Bible said. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And by believing on Him, see, it's not just a one-time thing. We believe on Him, we receive salvation, and then we just walk in that. We walk, we continue to walk in it. We continue to say, no, I'm free. How would you know you're free? Because... I've received the Redeemer. The payment's been made. The payment's been made. In, in John eight thirty six, then it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If, you, if the Redeemer makes you free, if the true payment's been made, then you are truly free. You're not free in your head. You're not free in some religious tradition. You are actually legally free. Amen? And then we walk with Him. And we find out more about what he's done. And we put it into our life. And the more we walk with him, the more in actuality things fall off us. Because we are truly, the, the bondage has actually been broken. And so we're free to incorporate his truth into our life. And to, to walk in more of, more of his ways. And to, to enjoy more of that freedom that he has already paid for. Praise God.